Okay, good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Lam and Gimel in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. But we'll start with the penultimate Mishnah on Lam and Bez, Lam and Bez. Still savoring Daf Lav over here. The second to last Mishnah, 12 lines up from the bottom of Lam and Bez, Lam and Bez. So now we have the Shlich Tzibor. <coughs> he's, he's coming to the Yomad, which used to be called Oivar Lefnei Teva, on Rosh Hashanah. Hasheni Matkiah. So the second one is Matkiah. So what does this mean? Like this. It, I'll read the whole Mishnah because it's just another couple of words and then it'll be obvious. Uvishas Halel. But when you have a Shlich Tzibor on Halel, Harishon Makres Halal. The first one is Makres Halal. So what's the Shani and what's this Rishon? So what it means is, it's like this, what we know to be true, that you blow Shofar and Musaf, and you say Halal at Shachris. So Binyamin Gutman isn't here. But let's say he's the first string Chazan, right? He's always the best. So the big show, right, the um, prime attraction, the main event is usually you give it to the Musaf guy. Right, because that's the most singing. But you'll notice, Rosh Chodesh, right, if you have Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, who do you give it to? You give it to the Shachos guy, because he's going to be the one saying Hallel, right? That's all this mission is saying, that the Kiyos Shofar is in Musaf, and the Amir Hallel is in Shachos. That's what it means. Now, this is, uh, the question you might ask is why? So let's see the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Why would... You have Shoifer with the second uh, individual. Says the Gemara, the Berov Am Hadras Melech. Rov Am Hadras Melech is a Pasuk in Mishlei that we use to say that's why we do things in a largest possible public forum. Speak to Rabari Leibwitz, the great Tafiyomi master, and halachic implications of priorities, right? How far do you go, right, to, to, be, to fulfill this idea of having a large crowd? Uh, would you go to a Vasikin minion that has a few people as opposed to the main minion? I mean, maybe that's a priority. Where this idea is applicable is, uh, is in itself a study. But uh, suffice it to say that for Shofar, it's Rav Hadras Melech. Okay, so if that's the case, we should also say Halal by Rav By the way, why is it Rav in Musaf? So the most simple understanding of that is that people come late to shul, and there's more people on shul in Musaf. That's the most simple understanding, okay? Um, <clears throat> there's those, I think you said they're advas, I think, uh, Riley would said, there's those who are malamet tzchus, in those days, uh, you didn't have to go to, to shul except for the, the, the different things, that, whatever. There's malamet tzchus in different ways, but that's the most pashup shot, right? I even heard, Moshe Hefter told me that he thinks that for chauffeur, it's bringing the kids. <clears throat> that somebody told him, Maybe you read it in a, I'm sure you read it in a parish, that you bring the kids to shul, and that's the rovam, that it applies to children. <clears throat> that's not pashapshat, because does that apply to halal as well? As the Gemara continues to say, you should have halal musaf also, because it's rovam madras melech. Is that talking about the kids too? So let's go with pashapshat just so we can get through the Gemara. Let's assume that people trickle into shul, and by musaf, like the way I grew up was everybody started filing in when the rabbi was about to speak because Rabbi Jerry Wahlberg was a very dynamic speaker. Mitch is uh, from Beth Phil's brother, oldest brother. So Rabbi Wahlberg Shlita he was a dynamic speaker. People came from all over Long Island to hear him speak. So, I mean, he would pack the house, but 
but if you if you showed up for shach for brachos in the morning, it'd be like you know barely a minion. So okay, so we'll we'll go with that. Rova Madras Melech and the Maishna Halal the Berishon. So if we have this idea of Rom Am Hadras Melech, why are we saying Halal with Shachars? Says the Gemara. Ah, so you see, you have these conflicting values. Should you do it the first thing? Uh, because you can, and therefore, you, whatever you can do, you should do it as quickly as possible. Or should you wait for the crowd? See, these, convic- these conflicting values. If you have this value of you can do the Tkia already. Ah, uh, you have Tadi Tadi We'll leave that aside for now. We'll assume that the Tkia can attach to either the shachar or the Musaf and becomes kind of part of that. So, such, such as it could be, obviously from the Gemara, we see that Tkia could have been attached to either shachar or to Musaf. So, here's how we resolve this paradox of two conflicting values. Barovam Hadras Melech versus Zvizim Makdim in the Mitzvahs, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Bishas, Gzeras, Hamachos, Shano. That really, the value, it sounds like it says, really the value that we prioritize is Zvizim Makdim in the Mitzvahs. Do everything as quickly as you can. However, we were forced to make the takana of Shoifer by Musaf because there was a Gezerah. People thought, what was the Gezerah? So the art scroll explains that they thought that we were calling war, right? There were, obviously at the time, we were not, you know, we didn't have um, Israel on our hands. We were always nervous. And so they thought we were declaring war. But if you do it by Musaf already, they realize by that time they've caught on to the fact that we're actually in Shul. And it's Rosh Hashanah. And that's why they postponed it because of that Gezeir. The Tosfos here, there's only one Tosfos, Lamed Beis and Beis, uh, addresses the issue of, well, today in Baltimore, nobody cares whether we blow shofar at Shachris or at Musaf. So why don't we revert back to Zrizin Makdimin, right? Yochanan makes it sound like were it not for this Gezeir, we would, we would in fact do it at Shachris. So the first thing he says is, yeah, even though he's in Makdimim, we are, let's keep it like this, just in case the guy may ever come back and want to kill us. Okay. But then he says, he likes Yerushalmi better. Okay. So that, that at that point, that again, again, that again, that, that he's saying that, when the Goyim come and they hear it, they won't think it's Melchama. Back to this idea of the Melchama, that the Gezeira was some sort of danger, and Tosfos likes the Pshat that, they, that the Goyim won't think that we are putting them in danger. If I were the Briska Rav, if I were to give my own Pshat, if you will indulge me, I think that Zrizin Makdimim, this, this, disregard this, Andrew, uh, because this is just making it up, but... Zrizin Makdimin means when you have the, is all things being equal, right? In other words, obviously you should do everything at its earliest possible opportunity. But if there's a reason to do it at a different time, so then why wouldn't, so, so then you have a justifiable reason to do it at that later time. So for example, if you have a conflict between Rov Am Hadras Melech and Zrizin Makdimin, I would say that's not a conflict at all. Rov Am Hadras Melech is a value, and therefore, you, it, to do it when everyone is in shul is in fact your first opportunity to do it by Rovam. And therefore, it's not a violation of Zerizim Makdimim to wait for Rovam. Zerizim Makdimim doesn't mean you jump the gun. Zerizim Makdimim means you do it at the earliest opportunity to do it in the optimal way. That's all I'm saying. 
that's what I would have said. And therefore, I'm a lamet on the, uh, on the fact that today we blow it in Musaf. I, what about, um, what about Hallel? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe for Hallel we don't have the same idea of Rovam. I don't know. But be that as it may, that is the fascinating idea of Musaf and Hallel and Kis Shofar. Now, what about the, 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 the Hallel? Me the Kamar Rosh Hashanah, Leka Hallel. A fascinating additional question. We idea, this idea of Shas Hallel, we see, by the way, that in Rosh Hashanah you don't have Hallel. How is that in Meduyak in the Mishnah? Because it says, when you have Yom Kippur, I'm sorry, when you have Rosh Hashanah, when you have the Tkiyas Shaifar, so then you do it at Musaf. Over Shas Hallel, it could have said Rosh Hashanah, but it said Shas Hallel, which implies that in Rosh Hashanah you don't say Hallel, and the question is, why not? Ask the Mara, my Taima, Amru Malachi this will be familiar for you from, to you from Pesach and Kriyas Yamsuf. Ribbana Shalalam. The Malachim, why are the Malachi Asharis asking Hashem this question all the time? Why we're not singing? Because you know the Malachi Asharis like to sing. That's what they do. It's just like an orthodontist thinks everybody's teeth are crooked, right? And he wants to straighten it out. So they're like a one trick pony. They're singing. So they want to sing to Hashem, but they're not allowed to sing until Klaali Sharal sing. So whenever Klai Yisrael does not sing Hallel, they're always asking Hashem, why are they not singing? Oh. So, Amar Lahem, so Karsh Baruch answers the Malach Yashar, Efshar Melech Yoshev al Kisei Din, V'sifre Chayim, V'sifre Mesim, P'suchin L'fanav, V'Yisrael Omim Shira. Really? Can you say on these Yomim Noraim, the Melech is sitting and the, and the serious gravitas of the moment of, the, of some people are going to make it, but some people are not going to make it. And we're going to sing? No, that would be inappropriate to sing when the Sifrei Chaim and Sifrei Mesim are, uh, are open. It's too serious of a moment, and therefore we're not going to sing. Not that different from what he said when they wanted to sing Shira by Kriyas Yamsuf. Mind you, the Medrash says, we had Kriyas Yamsuf, and we sang Az Yashir. Then Klaus Yisrael did sing, and the Malachim wanted to sing, because here we don't sing. We don't say Halal on, on Rosh Yom Kippur. So here it's more, it's, it's more inappropriate for Israel to sing, right? In other words, the, the Malachim can sing because really the Yom Adin is MS and Din and Malchus. It's a really an appro- it's appropriate for them to sing, right? Because that's just natural causes, right? When you're talking about Sifre Chaim and Sifre Mesim, that's the Din uh, being, being applied. However, when you're talking about uh, Kriyas Yamsuf, so then that was a different thing. Klal Yisrael did sing there. So there it's more a question of why the Malachim can't sing. And then he says, and you're going to sing? Meaning from the perspective of Shemaim versus the perspective of Klai Yisrael, you can apply those two perspectives to those two Midrashim or to that Medrash and to this Gemara. And, um, and, it's, a, and it's a very interesting Vart. Um, Andrew, maybe when we make a Siyam, because we've been rapid fire finishing these Masechtas, this, 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 this could be your Dvar Torah. You say, Sifre Chaim, Sifre Mesim, uh, just a suggestion, Andrew. All right, here we go. <laughs> Next Mishnah. I'm torturing him. Okay, I'm going to move on. I'm sorry. Shofar Shal Rosh Hashanah. What's going on here? Fascinating idea. You will see that you can blow the shofar. Uh, we're talking about on Shabbos, right? So we do not blow the shofar on Shabbos. Why? Famously, same reason we don't read the Megillah on Shabbos. Right? It's like a gazera. So can you have, can Chazal make a, take a Gezerah Derabanan and, and with that Gezerah Derabanan, 
um, uh, erase echiv asay de oraisa. So let's see. Says the Mishnah. Shofar shofar Rosh Hashanah. So you're supposed to blow shofar in Rosh Hashanah. So let's say Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos. Right? Obviously on Tuesday there is no issue of Tchum. But on Shabbos you can't go beyond the Tchum, which is a Darbanan. You can't clear away a heap of rubble to take the shofar out if it happens to be the only shofar in town is under a heap. You can't climb a tree. These are Darbanans, but of course these are Gzeros, right? That Shema, you'll lead to a actual Daraisa, but still, we've already learned this, right? Mesecha Shabbos, Mesecha Sukkah, the riding in a horse, an animal, is a Gezerah. Velo you can't swim. We've learned about these Darbanans, right? So now we're applying it to Rosh Hashanah, because if the only chauffeur in town requires you to have to ride a horse or swim across the water to get it, then you're going to be Mevatel the Mitzvah Daraisa of Tkiyas Shaifer. Wow. Also in the production, right? You don't have a shoifer, so you need to now make one. No, you cannot. You can't cut it. And here the Mishnah is very explicit. You can't do a losase, which is a deoraisa, nor can you do what? A shvus, which we're going to translate as a derabanan, right? You can't do a derabanan either. Okay. So, right, again, fascinating. You can't violate a Isser Darabanan in order to be Mikhaim a Chiyuv Daraisa. We know. So the Ran is going to say that this is called, uh, that this is an idea that just like you can't do the, just like you would behave. Um, now, normally we say, normally we say that if you have a mitzvah saseh, uh, like tzitzis, uh, and shotnays, and right, normally, this is the whole sugi and yavamas, we'll get there very soon. Uh, but you, normally when you have an assay and a los assay, but that's really, you have to look at all the tosas in there, and we are not really in the sugi now, although we are kind of, uh, alongside it at the moment, right? But the issue is, if the only way to do an assay is to violate something else, and it is perforce, right, it is, you have to, do it in order that way. It's a way, perhaps, of the Torah telling you that it's an exception, that you're going to do the assay in this manner because it's a very direct conflict where you could never do the assay without this lost assay. So that the reason why an assay would be doch lost assay is almost because that's what the Torah is actually telling you to do. That's how the Torah is telling you to handle the conflict. But here, we're not saying that, as we'll see. The Gemara will get into that. Be, be that as it may, whether it's a Durbanan or a Duraisa, you're not going to do it in order to be Mekhaim, the mitzvah sasei of Tkiyah Shofar. However, if you want to disinfect or clean out the Shofar, right, then you can do so. That we're going to let you do. Says Rashi, last Rashi in the Mishnah, mana. In other words, this disinfection of the Shofar is not a Tikkun Mano Durbanan, if it were, then we wouldn't let you do it, but that is already okay. Washing out the, the shofar is all right. Okay. Now the Gemara, uh, the Mishnah rather switches topics. Wow. So this is like whiplash. We just said that you're not allowed to do any of these Durbanans in order to mikayim the mitzvah daraisa on shofar. Better not to have the mitzvah daraisa on shofar. But in contrast, if Children want to blow shofar on Shabbos, right? Just to practice and to horse around. We're not going to stop them. 
We let them blow until they learn the skill. Wow. That is, that is astonishing. Okay, we're going to encourage them to do so, and we'll see in the Gemara soon enough, tomorrow, that this is even applicable on Shabbos. So can you, this, is, this is quite the contrast. That we're going to, we're, we're going to say that we're going to mevatel the mitzvah asay of tkiyas shofar, right? In order to, uh, in, in a case where you would have to violate a darabanan to do so. But by the same time, we're going to let the children blow the shofar on Shabbos with impunity. Okay? So the two are not necessarily related, but they are in the same Mishnah, so we're going to address both of them in the Mishnah. Okay. And furthermore, about misasik lo yatsa. By the way, one we're talking about misasking mem and just blowing the shofar. Um, we should point out that you're not going to be yotze if you do so. And furthermore, let's say you are listening to somebody blow the shofar. They're just horsing around, but you have all the kavanas, l'shem yichud, and everything to be yotze tkiyas shofar. Shmias tkiyas shofar. It's not going to help you. The person, in order to be, uh, in order to be yotze, you have to have. Uh, kavana and the person that's blowing has to have kavana, as the Gemara will discuss. So you see why I told Moshe Hefter, there's like eight Shasugyas over here. But if you just read the words, it's going to go fast. Here we go, Andrew, we got you covered. Says the Gemara. Okay. So, um, so we have here, uh, the notes of Urbanu Manoach that Barry's pointing out. Where are you seeing it? Right before 63, we have like this. It says, according to Rebbeinu Menoach, an adult may even blow the shofar in order to teach the children. However, he in the Kesef Mishnah quote Rashi, not found in our version, that although adults can instruct children, they should not demonstrate by blowing shofar themselves. In other words, they can't blow the shofar. When it says that adults can instruct children, according to this lost Rashi, okay, they have to, they can show them do this, do this, but they can't blow it in, in, in uh, itself. So it's a question of whether um, the adults can do it. But be that as it may, Barry, the children clearly can do it. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. So, so why are we letting children do this? It's a, it's a good question indeed. So we see here, what we've learned is that Barry's also interested in torturing Andrew. Um, but uh, what is this? There are, so, so let's see. Let's see what the Gemara says. Says the Gemara, my timer. What is he asking here now? Why is it that you would not be allowed to be violated Durabanan in order to be Mikhail the Mitzvah Asay Doraisa? Says the Gemara, Shofar Asehu, Biyantov Asay Velotase. Ah, because it's not really an Asay Dochelotase. Yantov has elements of Asay and Lotase in it. Bain Asay Doche Eslos Asay Vasay. Right? We know that the principle is that even though an assay is dochelos assay, so I mentioned it with respect to shatnes and tzitzes. Okay. But it's never going to be applicable to doing an assay on yantiv when it involves a violation of yantiv and Shabbos. It's never going to be so. So forget about assay dochelos assay. This is a fundamental idea. Forget about assay dochelos assay ever when it comes to performing mitzvos assay that involve a, a, a malacha, whether it's on Yantav or on Shabbos. That's never going to happen because every malacha, by definition, is an ase and a los ase embedded in it. And therefore, once you have that, then already you're going to say that it's going to be 
the der- applicable to the derabanans as well. So now, Well, asks the Gemara, once we learn in the Hamshech of the Mishnah that we have these derabanans, so of course we didn't even have to mention the derabanans, right, leading up to it. So says the Gemara, It's a fascinating structure. Usually we say that sometimes it has like, you know, a more exhaustive list than necessary here. It like goes without saying that there are bunans, right, would be usr. That, that, I'm sorry, it goes without saying that once the there are bunans, uh, are going to uh, take away the mitzvah's shofar daraisa, of course the daraisas will. Uh, it goes without saying that daraisas do. However, um, of course, Rashi takes this part out. This is a fascinating Rashi. Last Rashi, Lama Beis, Lama Beis. Rochvin, this idea of Doraisa, Rashi is just pointing out, there are no Doraisas in our Mishnah. That's an interesting point, right? Rashi is pointing out that there are no Doraisas in our Mishnah. Because, after all, our Mishnah starts with uh, So where are the Doraisas? So Rashi points out, In other words, the, the cases in our Mishnah are not the Raisa. They're Durbanans that lead to the Raisa. So some of the Durbanans in our Mishnah lead to a potential Issa the Raisa, and some don't. That's what Rashi says the Gemara is referring to. But really, Rashi says this Gemara has to be taken out. Amazing. Something's wrong in the state of Denmark, so to speak, and I would have taken this piece out because, in fact, what is we asking about the Arises? There are no Arises in our Mishnah. Important Rashi to see. Fine, enough torture. I said to myself, I'm not going to um, let, get, let myself start Lamed Gimel later than 6 o'clock. So at the uh, time of 5.59 a.m., we're bringing Andrew home. Here we go. The Mishnah said, Right, that you're not going to do, you're not going to um, participate in shofar production. Okay, so the Gemara says, "Mishum shvus migala losas shvus." What would be an example of preparing the uh, shofar with a shvus? It's a sickle, a megala, some sort of knife that's a shinui. Losase and the daraisa version would be sakina, an actual knife that's normally used for it. That would be the daraisa. So there you have. Versions of Durban and Duraisa. Ah, the same question as before. Once you know that you can't do it even with a Shinui, isn't it obvious that you can't prepare a shofar like the real way? Says the Gemara what it said before. It's true. It's redundant. It's a little, right? Um, it's a little bit more than we need to know. Um, but it is, in fact, referring both to the Durbanans and the Duraisa. It's fine. What about disinfecting the shofar? So the Gemara says, That you're allowed to disinfect and wash out the shofar with water or wine, but not with meiraglaim. So the Gemara says, Who does our Mishnah go like? Well, that's a deek in the Mishnah. What are you trying to say? That you can disinfect it with only water and wine? I doubt it. Could you use Clorox? Maybe. Why is it taking out, why is it saying Maimaglaim? It's kind of rhetorical. It's trying to make a point. We're saying that it's like Abishol, the Tanya, because Abishol taught in Brisa, Abishol Omer, Maim Oyain Right? There was a Brisa where, so that's what's going on. That our Mishnah 
leaves out the Meirag Lime because that was a Tanaic statement, a Brisa that said that you're allowed to wash out the shofar with water or wine, but not with, obviously, urine because it's not really respectful to do so because it's like a cliche mitzvah. I think in Babem and Likin we said that, right, Afapisha Meirag Lime Yofen it's low covered, right? In other words, Meirag Lime is, is not as horrible as you think when it comes to disinfecting. They use it in more processes than you'd like to, uh, than you'd like to think, you know. Um, I think we said in some of the processing of the flax, we use like some of the bull, mayrag lime or whatever. The point is, it's, it, it, especially in those days, right, where, we, where they were, were not using synthetic uh, laundry things. So dry cleaning may have meant using some animal, right, all kinds of, um, all kinds of secretions that you find in nature. It just happens to be that everybody would agree that it's not covered, right? So we're not saying it's not effective. We're just saying, and we're not saying it wouldn't, it would be a terrible idea to disinfect the chauffeur with it, but. That's what I was trying to say, the Ketorah. Thank you. Who's this guy? Oh, it's a Mishnah. Thank you. So that's exactly, that is the point I was trying to make. That the Ketorah, when we talk about the Ketorah, we say that, right? The Meraglion would be good for the Ketorah as far as the chemical activity. It's just, it's not covered. There's a question, okay, whether, okay, they, they bring a riot to the Ketorah over there that, that it must be, therefore, that the Ketorah was brought on the inside, not on the outside, and the shofar really is also on the outside. We already got into this discussion of the shofar having a ritsui, having a kadusha. You don't want to do things that are not Kavadik for the shofar. Fine. The Mishnah then said, We don't restrain the children from blowing the shofar. So this is fascinating. He says to the Gemara, Hanashim me'akvin. Oh, but women, we're not going to let blow. So the kids can blow all Rosh Hashanah long. Uh, Tati's in shul. Uh, and mommy's watching the kids and they're blowing shofar. There is a b'risa that says that we let the women blow also on yantiv. Wow. That our Mishnah, that women can't blow shofar is Rabbi Yehuda. Whereas the b'risa is saying the view of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon. We, okay, how do we paskin? Well, if you want to know, you have a giant tosfos for your reading pleasure here. The first tosfos, Lama Gimel and Aleph. This is not a small sugya of wh- how are we going to go with the psak over here. Uh, be, that a, be that as it may, uh, we're going we're gonna to see that there is, a, there is an actual question here. If the women are not mechoyev, Andrew, does that mean that they're not allowed to blow? This question is, in fact, related to the question of if they're not mechuyev, uh, because it's a mitzvah sasecha asman garama, are they allowed to make a bracha? A bracha sounds disingenuous. Asher kichanu mitzvah vetzivanu. Okay? He didn't command you. It's a mitzvah sasecha asman garama. So this guy over here, I don't know your name. Lenny. Lenny Goldberg. Lenny Goldberg. Are you Sephardi or Ashkenaz? Okay, so we're all Ashkenazim here. So the Balei Tosfos Paskin, right, in this Tosfos over here and elsewhere, that we do make a bracha. The women make a bracha on a lulav, okay? Uh, but the Rambam and the, and the Anche Sfard, they paskin that you do not make a bracha. It's based off of this idea that if you're not mitzvah, are you in fact allowed to do it and could you still make a bracha on it if you volunteer to do it, okay? Shasugi in its own right. Be that as it may, says the Gemara de Tanya, the Be'al Bnei Israel. okay, what was said in the Brisa? It says, speak to Bnei Yisrael. Bnei Yisrael somchin, ve'en b'nei Yisrael somchos. 
This has to do what's Samchos? Smicha on a carbon, Andrew. Okay? Do, can you do a smicha on a carbon? So Diver Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda says that it's, when it says Bnei Israel, it means only the males do the smicha on the carbon. Rabbi Yehuda says that they're not obligated to it to do it, but they're allowed to do it. The giant sugya of women in, uh, in these mitzvahs. Now that happens to be, they brought a, a, a pasuk. They didn't say that it's because of mitzvah sasei shazman gorama. They just said because they're not mitzvah. Okay? Those are two separate issues alongside. Are they not mitzvah because of mitzvah sasei shazman gorama? Or are they just not mitzvah? It's an interesting, right? In, in the case of smicha, it's a pasuk that tells you that you're not mitzvah. So, but we're applying it to here. That in itself is a, uh, is a sugya. Okay. All right. What about these kids? We say that we could, we could teach them until they learn the skill. So there we go. As we say, even on Shabbos, that's the shocking thing. Yeah, we have a Bryce that supports it. Right? Obviously, on Yantiv, on Freshon is on Tuesday, then of course it's okay. Uh, of course, it's not as posh for women, right? But for children, Male children, I guess. I don't know. Male children, yeah, it would be okay. But the question is, how goof akasha says the Gemara? It's asking me, I actually do, I feel a Shabbos. You said that the kids could blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah and Mind you, it's not just Shabbos in uh, Parshas Vayetze. It has to be Rosh Hashanah. Okay? But you say that you could do that. Alma, lechatchila, amin antiku. It sounds like we can let them, right? It says, it sounds like we would encourage them to learn. The Hadar Tana, and then later the Tana says, Ein me'akvin. Ooh. So, are we encouraging them to blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah and the children? Or are we just not stopping them if they're running around the backyard blowing shofar with impunity? Is it bidievet or lechatchila? The first statement sounds like it's lechatchila. The second statement sounds like hikuva hu delo me'akvin, halechatchila lo amin antiku. But, right, but we say, sounds like lechatchila. We don't tell them to blow. So is it, in fact, lechatchila or b'diavet? Says the Gemara, Lokasha. Kan bekaton sheigiel lechinuch. Kan bekaton sheloigiel lechinuch. Has to do with whether the higiel lechinuch. As we turn the page, Shlom Gimel Mabez. Now, what does that mean? When they reach the age of mitzvahs, what we encourage them more to learn because now we. When they reach the age of chinuch, what is the chinuch priority? To teach them shofar or to teach them to be careful with the darbanans? Which one is the, which one is the chinuch that we're emphasizing? Machlokas Rashi Tosfos. Tosfos is going to tell you that from age three to seven, I'll just summarize it for you. Uh, from age three to seven, you let them blow lechatchila. Because let them just blow, let them get used to the shofar. It's, it, and then once they reach age seven and they can understand that these darabonans are an issue and they can be more serious about it, then you teach them to be careful with darabonans. So until they're bar mitzvah already from age seven, you don't, it's a bidi evid. You don't stop them, but it's a bidi evid. As opposed to Rashi, Rashi starts the whole thing. He says from age seven, we, because they both agree that age seven is the, roughly the age where you have to start being nervous about them understanding their abundance. That's where you have to start t- teaching them that there's something serious going on called Tarsha Balpeh. They have to be careful. So Rashi is going to say, little kitties, blow as much as you want. Once you reach seven, you have to knock it off. That's what Tosos rather is going to say, 
Okay? The little kitties can blow. Tosos is going to say, once you eat seven, knock it off. But the other, we're not going to stop you, but don't do it. Rashi says a different thing. He says, age seven, that's when you have to be careful, right, with the love of Darabonin. But once you reach age 11, now you're close to becoming the Baal You're almost Bar Mitzvah. You're almost Bar Chiyuva. That's when you start teaching them the Chachila to start blowing shofar. Uh, so you have a window of like 11 to 13, according to Rashi, where you're going to start Dafka, yes, teaching them how to blow. And then once they reach Bar Mitzvah, they're going to stop. Right? So it's a fascinating machlokas as to what it means with regards to Higiyah chinuch and what the chinuch priorities are. What does Maishu Hefter talking about that there's not enough to say here? I think he just means Pashav Shad. He said, come on, I'm teaching Gemara Rashi. I understand. All right. Okay, Hatokeh Lashir Yatsa. So we say, Amisasik Lo Yatsa, you're just blowing, right, Stam. So Hatokeh Lashir Yatsa. So we say, okay, what about. Right, misastic is you're literally just blowing random sounds. What if you're trying to blow a tune? Not with the kavana of, of being yotze the mitzvah, but just to blow a tune. So we say, it sounds like you're yotze. Lema misayil the rava, dama rava, tokeh lashir yotze. Rava says that, that you're yotze with that. Amazing. Yuma says, dima tokeh lashir, nami misastic karile. So that is the idea here. In other words, are we trying to be Messiah Rava? Maybe, because Rava holds it to Kelashir Yatza. Or you could say that our Mishnah is so dismissive of Rava that they hold that to Kelashir is Misasik, and therefore you're not Yotze. So we don't necessarily hold like Rava. That could be, Misasik could be in random, or we could be that when you're just blowing a tune with respect to the mitzvah of Shofar, that's Misasik, because you have no kavanah for the mitzvah whatsoever. Good. How about Shomayami no Misasik? Another massive Shah Sugya. Says the Gemara, What about someone who is selfishly blowing the shofar only for himself with no kavanah to be motzi anybody else? So says the Gemara, the Mishnah is implying yotza, right? Because it says, Shomayamina misasek is not yotze. But this guy isn't misasek. He mamish is trying to be yotze the mitzvah, albeit selfishly for himself. So if it's true that you can make this diuk in the Mishnah that a person who's trying to blow L'shei Mitzvah, you could be yotze from him even if he doesn't have kavanah to be motzi you, well, that would actually be connected with what Rebzeira says. Rebzeira said to his, right, wingman, he says, right, he says, concentrate, have me in mind. Blow the shofar and have me in mind. Oh, well, it sounds like he thinks that the Baal does have to have the Shomea in mind. The Gemara says, no, maybe it's not trying to be to Yiftah Derev Dilma, Aidi, the Tana Reisha Misasek, Tana Seifa Nami Misasek. Maybe the case of the Hemshech of the Mishnah is also a case where the Baal did in fact have the Shomea in mind. And the reason why the Mishnah used the Lashon Misasek was not because, not to teach you that you don't have to have in mind, but rather to keep it parallel to the beginning of the Mishnah. It's a literary parallel, but not trying to have any halachic implications. So it could be supporting or could be not supporting um, Rabbi Zera. And thus, since we don't know, it's ambiguous. At this point, we don't yet know whether the Shomea, who doesn't have Kavana to be Motsi others, uh, is going to be Motsi others. Although I think it's always a good idea to, and I think in most shuls they'll say, he's going to have kavanah to be motzi, you all. Um, and therefore, the, therefore we uh, avoid that conundrum. Okay. Mishnah, Lam Gimel and Beis. Stated kiyas shalosh, shal, shalosh, shalosh. The actual kiyas. At the auspicious time of 6.13 a.m., Andrew. Um, okay. Shir tkiyah keshalosh truos. So again, what's the order of the shofar blasts? Now we're really getting granular. 
three sets of three sounds. Tkiya, trua, tkiya. And then the length of tkiya is like three truas, right? And the sheer trua, kashal shivavos. And length of trua is like three whimpers. So obviously the Mishnah over here is referring to trua and yavava, we have to see. Because we're used to the lashon of trua, shvarim, right? Tkiya, trua, tkiya, shvarim, trua, right? Being tkiya, shvarim, trua, ta, 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 ta. Sounds like here trua is shvarim. And Yavavas is true. We'll see. We already alluded to this Mishnah that if you extended the Tkia to, the, to the, uh, a little a little extra, you don't get credit for two there. That's considered one sound. Let's say you said Musaf without blowing, and then afterwards the shofar became available after Shul. You should blow tkia, trua, tkia three times. In other words, just because davening and shmonesra is over doesn't mean that you can't be yaitse the mitzvah of, right, the, mitzvahs, the mitzvah of tkia shofar. Right? You don't have to repeat the davening. You can, you can separate them. Even though it's supposed to be thematically linked, it doesn't have to be physically linked in order to be yaitse. Okay, and finally... Right? Everybody is obligated for the davening, right? And not just a shlich tzibur, but every individual. A related issue of whether individuals within a shul have to daven or whether the shlich tzibur is actually uh, being motzi everyone is referring to davening. So the question in the Mishnah here, which will be discussed at the very end of our Masechta, is does uh, a person have the ability to rely on the shliach tzibur without davening, um, without davening at all? This is not an exclusively a Rosh Hashanah question. This is another shas sugya, so to speak, or another general question to all davening. Um, can you rely on the shliach tzibur? Fascinating question in its own right. So let's dig into the Gemara, Andrew, shall we? So the Gemara. What about the tkias? We called it tkia, trua, and yavava. I, but we learned in the Brisa, sheer tkia ketrua, that the length of the tkia is like the length of a single trua. So it sounds like a tkia is a trua. No. Our Tana counts the tkias of all three, and the truest of all three sets. Whereas the Tana of the Brisa counts those of one set and no more. In other words, it just has to do with. The length, in other words, how long does it take you to do all three or all nine sounds? It's not really a commentary as to trying to define what a tkia or a trua is. Fine. But now let's get involved in defining it. Shir trua kishola shivavos. What does that mean? I, we have a bracelet that says, Vatanya, shir trua kishlosha shvarim. Oh, now we're getting there. Shlosha shvarim, Rashi. Shvarim, says Rashi, is aruchim miyavavos. Okay. Well, this is where we get our idea. Right, that shvarim is that middle one. Amar Abaye says the Gemara, Behavadai Pligi. There was, in fact, a machlokas. You can't get away from saying that this was a machlokas. Dixiv Yom Trua Yelachem. Right, the Pasuk says it should be a Yom of Trua. And Umitargamimam. What does the Targum say when it says Yom Trua? Yom Yavava Yehelachon. Oh, you should have a day of um, Yavava. So he obviously holds that Yavava is Trua. Uchsiv beimei de Sisra, the famous uh, idea that's written with regards to Sisra's mother, 
Right? This is in Shoftim. Even though Sisra was a maneuver uh, and a general that was, uh, that was terrible, everybody has a mother, and his mother was crying, and the lotion of her crying was to Yabev. However, what was the nature of this crying? The time of the Brisa held, Marsavar Genuche Ganach, that it's like a moaning, oh, 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 that was the nature of her crying. Okay, that's what we call, so therefore he describes the Trua of the Torah as the three, the three sounds that we call Shavarim. Umar Savar Yelule Yalil. However, the Tana of our Mishnah, right, who holds, who holds the Trua at, to be the shortest, so he thinks that that this Yavava is the sobbing. So the Trua, therefore, right, is a different thing. Yelule Yalil. Therefore, he thinks Trua is what? <laughs> oh, those are two different kinds of crying. And who's to know? Well, I wasn't there. How sister's mom sounded. So that is how we pattern our show for us. And therefore, there's no way getting out around the idea that we have a machlokis as to what the description of that crying was, which reflects what the description of the trua is. So we say, Taner Rabbanu. Minayin Shavah Shofar, right? How do we know that a very fundamental question? We're here on the, uh, <laughs> on the eve of, we're almost finished with the Masechta and uh, Rosh Hashanah. We're on Lamed Gimel and Bez at the very bottom, Taner Rabbanan. Um, and we're asking, how do we know that we blow a shofar? How do we know that the sounds that we make on Rosh Hashanah have to come out of the shofar? Maybe it could be a trumpet. Says the Gemara, Talmud Vavarta Shofar Trua. Well, the Pasuk says, now, the Pasuk doesn't say it with respect to Rosh Hashanah. The Pasuk says it with respect to Yom Kippur of the Yovel. Okay, it says there, Shofar Trua. This Pasuk we already alluded to, right, when we said, how do we know Shofros and Shofar Trua, right? How do we associate the Trua with the Shofar? And how do we, so, so we already said, um, that it says shofar trua, right? When we talked about what can you use, right, as a shofar, what kind of horn can you use? So this was brought as a raya that the shofar is in the yovel of Yom Kippur, and that's what's supposed to be used for the Yom Trua. But however, the Yom Trua in the context of that pasuk is really the Yom Kippur of Yovel, to which the Gemara says, Ainli elabi yovel, well, I know that that's only referring to the Yovel. How do I know that this Shofar Trua is, in fact, what you're supposed to blow on Rosh Hashanah? Talmud Lomar Chodesh Hashvi'i. Now, again, this Chodesh Hashvi'i is in the Pasuk of the Yom Kippur Yovel. Don't forget, Yom Kippur is also in Tishrei, right? It's also in the Chodesh Hashvi'i. So he says, just like it says, Chodesh Hashvi'i, when it's describing what the Yom Kippur Yovel is supposed to look like, Therefore, she'ain Talmud Lomar b'chodesh hashvi'i. In other words, the phrase b'chodesh hashvi'i appears twice. Once by the Yom Kippur Yovel, and once by the description of Rosh Hashanah. Now, we know that Rosh Hashanah is b'chodesh hashvi'i, so why do we need to spell it out? It's redundant. It's a limud. It's to teach you what, says the Gemara. Umat Talmud Lomar b'chodesh hashvi'i, she'ukol trua shechodesh hashvi'i zekazeh. That all the truas of the chodesh hashvi'i should be what? the same, and therefore, just like we know that you need to use a shofar when you blow the the shofar on Yom Kippur of Yovel, that is indeed the source of blowing shofar of Rosh Hashanah. So, if you thought 
that shofar and Rosh Hashanah was the main thing, and that everybody knows. And by the way, <laughs> we learned when we learned this Masechta, you should know, fun fact, you also blow a shofar on Yom Kippur when it's the year of the Yovel. Well, guess what? That is, in fact, the source of the halacha that we blow a shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Amazing. Okay, then the Gemara adds, asks, Remember, how do we know? So we know about the Trua. What about the Tekiah? Trua is just, so wait a minute. This is not a cry, right? The middle one, we have a machlokis, whether it's, or, that we know. That's the, tr- that's the Trua, right? But what, that's the one that we say. And the only reason we do both is because we don't know which one it is. We have a machlokis. But the question is, how do we know that we have the tzkiah? The tzkiah is the chiddush. They're just the one pshuta, the one clean blast. That's the chiddush. That, that's what the pasuk says. It says that you should, that's the pasuk we said already now by Yovel, that you should have a shofar and then the trua. The, ju- the juxtaposition of those terms in the pasuk by Yovel is teaching you that you have to have, right, the shofar, which we're saying is the straight sound, followed by the alludes, that's what Rashi. How do you know what is Vavarta? So you look at Rashi and you won't find it. Why? Because there's so much to say on Daf Lamed Gimel, even though it's short, that Rashi had to spill over to Lamed Dalid. It's the, it's the second line on Lamed Dalid, Lamed Dalid. Rashi, Vavarta. Pshuta mashma ha'avarat kol echad. Ha'avarta means, how do you pass? You pass along straight. You see it, Lamed Dalid, Lamed Dalid? Okay? So that's, Vavarta means that you have to have a straight sound before the crying sounds. Oh, so we have Tkia and then Trua and then Tkia again. How do you know that you have the Tkia again, the straight sound after? Tamalomar, Taviru Shofar. Right, a different part, right? So we said Taviru Shofar. So it says Vavarta Shofar Trua. Then it says Taviru Shofar. Ah. And then it says that you have to have the Shofar afterwards as well. Right? That's, that's how the whole Pasuk uh, goes. It says Vavarta Shofar Trua, Bechodesh Shvi, Basola Chodesh, Vyom Kippurim, Taviru Shofar, Bechol Artsachem. So, the structure of the Pasuk by Yovel teaches you that you have a Tkiah before and a Tkiah after. I vainly yelled by Yovel. This whole Pasuk is only by Yovel. Barosh Hashanah me nine. So that's what we already said. Talmud Loma, Bechodesh Hashvi. As we arrive at Daf Lama Dalad Amad Alf, Andrew, Shei Talmud Loma, Bechodesh Hashvi. Is it necessary to say Bechodesh Hashvi? Why do we say Bechodesh Hashvi by Rosh Hashanah? We know that it's on the Bechodesh Hashvi. Shiu Kulturus Bechodesh Hashvi Zekazeh to say to teach us that all of those Tekiah Shrua Tekiah that we are mentioning with respect to using a shofar and having that structure in Yom Kippur that falls out on Yovel should also be applied to the Tekiah Shrua Tekiah of Rosh Hashanah. And we'll pick up tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem, on the third line, on Lamadala Ramadalif.